So I got up horribly early like I always do. Yeah. And uh, it was the first day that wasn't just a, a raining English nightmare God, outside. what the fuck? Yeah. And so I went for a walk and I was on my way back just drenched in sweat because Missouri transitioned directly from like yeah. the moors yeah. to <laughs> the Sahara. Brutal humid heat. Yeah. So I'm, I'm drenched in sweat and I see uh, this somebody has industriously gotten out and laid out a bunch of grilling stuff that they're not using anymore. Hey. So like charcoal and Great. like a fire starter. Love like that. that's like 20 bucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like, I'm not happy with my current grill that I just bought and I can't really get it to work. So there's another one. So basically here's what Sarah sees leaving to go to work, <laughs> not knowing where I was when she woke up. Me, uh, half like sleeveless shirts, obviously just dragging my, what appears to be my neighbor's <laughs> barbecue equipment and everything behind me, just walking down the street. And the way that she just slowed to a stop, uh, in just gradual stunned silence, uh, but didn't, didn't like speed away. Did right. Hasn't Lo- moved her stuff. Loved out. me enough to ask some questions. This is her life now. Right? Yeah, this is, she's come to peace. Yeah, with that. I showed her the free yeah. sign. Right. So yeah, um, <laughs> totally reasonable. Yeah. But uh, cheers to my lovely girlfriend for you know taking the time to seek Aww. context. Yeah, to Sarah as I uh, drag someone else's items down the street. <laughs> Hey everybody, I'm Caleb. I'm Spencer. And this is the Mix Six, where we drink six beers, have six conversations, rate them on a five-point scale, and we'll take some free stuff you leave on 100%. your lawn, depending yeah. on the stuff and how close it is Boom's to my house. I'm not going to drive. I'm probably high already. Yeah. So yeah, I, it's a safety I problem. Need, yeah, I need to drag it back with my hands, my little grabby claws. But um, aside from that, I'm, I'm down. What yeah. else? What else are morning walks and hands for, really? <laughs> it's, truly, if not just taking other people's shit, mm-hmm. it's not stealing if they leave it for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. It's, I mean, it's, it's communal. fun for the person who gives puts that stuff on the curb because they get to see how long it takes. Totally for it to the be. the real galaxy brain move. Yeah. I keep the free side. Yeah. I just like put it on other people's patio furniture. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then I pick up the patio furniture and leave. Yeah. God let me uh, wake up today. I'm going to make it everyone else's problem. (laughs) Right. Man. Hey, I didn't put the free side there, except for that I did. You did. But a different person put it outside. That's so technically. 100%. Not your fault. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, We don't have any pre party stuff. I mean, phase anatomy is a thing and people Mm -hmm. can buy it. One day. One yes. day. Hopefully. One day. Okay. I, I literally just got the corrected proofs oh. after the last proofs that they screwed up. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. And that took four weeks. Sure so. uh, I'm doing a weekly live stream on Twitch uh, for I look at RPGs and stuff like that. Ross so. Twitch. Yeah. 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 Okay. So find Ross on Twitch. Do you have What's your Twitch username? Uh, Ross Payton RPPR. Oh, weird. Trying yeah. something new, huh? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I like that. Okay. Uh, well, we'll jump right into our rating system for this episode. And uh, you may be wondering, hey, I thought you said you might be recording this episode virtually and that maybe everything would sound bad. But we just decided to delay a few days to make sure I avoided the COVID. Mm-hmm. I did. Yeah. And so we're back at Ross's table and we're going to jump in with our rating system. Uh, a couple of things happened all around the same time. Uh, the effect of those things acting as a confluence was that I now watch soccer. 
uh, why not? Uh, uh, did it only took a couple days. Uh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Well, actually, so Ted Lasso happened. Oh, yeah. I, I became very friendly with the guy that owns Farmer's Gastro Pub in town, who's like straight off the boat from Manchester, and so who would always have games on at the pub anyways. Mm-hmm. Then he bought me a Manchester United hat, so I felt compelled to watch their games. <laughs> uh, and then I found out that it was on Saturday mornings, and my favorite thing to do in the world is get up early on a Saturday morning when no one else is awake and make coffee and just sit in my living room while I can watch soccer while I do that. So I'm about a season into English Premier League soccer. Can can before we go further? Let's do it. Can I get a line about which we have an intervention before you become that insufferable? Um, like when you when I say soccer and you're be like, you mean footy? Like yeah. if you do that, like can I slap you? Yeah. Like if you get into ultimate frisbee or something, you seem to be speed running. This right. is what I'm saying. I think if I clarify rules, that's okay. But if I clarify terms based on incredibly niche niche uh, like British. Towns, I think uh-huh. that's when you get to throw things at me. I, okay, but between this and the golf thing, it feels like a downward spiral. Oh, it no, feels no, no, like no. an acceleration. Well, of things. I mean, to I be don't clear, know. I, I feel my my line to, for the intervention for me would be if you form a team of hooligans to go vandalize. Oh, yeah, not doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, if you do that, then, right? Then Yo, absolutely, throw shit at yeah, me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Other people shit, free shit, shit that you paid for. I don't yeah. care. The I golf- feel like there's places I'm going to want to get off the boat before <laughs> before the. Hooligans. Yeah, I feel well, like I there's dumb breaking windows. Right. To be clear about the golf thing i only go to that big shots place which is a bar with a driving range which is about the ideal way to golf and i'm killing it there by the way okay yeah Mm -hmm. um okay so we're gonna build a rating system uh my initial opinions on soccer after nearly a season of watching the english premier league so one is the stuff that you absolutely loathe five is the stuff that i absolutely really like about soccer Mm -hmm. so one the injuries if you have watched a soccer game, you have also watched a, a dramatic performance for the ages. Not a soccer player in the world doesn't fall down screaming bloody murder every time they get touched. And it, it is honest to God a strategy to draw yellow cards, but it is the most annoying Poor performance. Well, LeBroning is really a form of cultural appropriation Absolutely. against soccer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred. They invented pretending to be injured. That's exactly for the right. Ref. Yeah. yeah. It is uh, like to the point where if it's on in the house, Brandy doesn't have anything against soccer. She has something against soccer players faking injuries, so she doesn't want to watch it. So two, not great, but but better than the fake injuries. The problem with the soccer game is that sometimes nothing happens. Like. Even in a football game, <laughs> no. even in a football game that's shitty, something's going to happen. Sometimes it's a very generous way, <laughs> right? Yeah, to regard that amount of time. I've yeah. watched a number of ninety-minute-plus soccer games where the score was like zero-zero, or what they would say, nil-nil. See, mm-hmm. that's something that I think you could throw 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 a thing at me for. Were I to lead with nil-nil there. Um, uh, and you just have to get good with that, that like a draw is a reasonable and in fact an expected outcome, and that can be boring as shit. Okay. I, I just want to say that there are days in the year. Right. And sometimes those days aren't my birthday. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Sometimes they're not. Right. Sometimes it's a broad term. Is what <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, sometimes yeah. they are, you know? Uh things that are getting better. So a three, what you expect of a good soccer game. I am genuinely in awe of the athleticism of soccer players. So much so that I Googled it one day, like how far does the average soccer player run during during like just a standard game? It's seven to nine miles that those guys run, like just out and around there chasing a fucking ball. Many of them just stand still and then end up running a little bit here and there for an average of seven to nine miles. That's yeah, unbelievable. But it's not all at once, so it's fine. No, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. It's spread over 90 minutes. Yeah. There's a halftime, et cetera. So I'm just impressed with the athleticism of uh, soccer The dogma players. joke. 
Yes. Yeah, the only thing worse than biblical genocides for cardio is soccer. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. From angels. Yeah. Now we're getting into the good stuff about watching soccer. A four, and something that I really appreciate, there are no commercials. American football. You might miss something. Right. Can't have that. Well, <laughs> There's so much going on. They, they, don't, they don't stop the clock. Like, they just let the clock run. And so then a 90-minute game is 90 minutes. Well, no, not technically, because they do stoppage time. Okay. So, like, let's say the, fir- the first half, halves are 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Rather than stop the clock for, mm-hmm. like, injuries or timeouts or anything, they just keep running the clock, and they keep a running tab of how much time that's been used that wasn't play time. Mm-hmm. They just add that on to the end of the half. They call it stoppage time or overage time. And you just play that much more at the end of the half. But they don't stop the fucking game for commercials. And commercials have, like, all but ruined watching American, uh, and a number of other things, American football, most mm-hmm. American sports, in fact. No commercials is fucking great. It's just like watch sports for 90 minutes or more and then move on with your fucking day. Five. And this is the interesting thing about soccer. I'm not sure that this is true of like, I don't know that this is true of the MLS. I don't watch American soccer. Um, in the Premier League and other major leagues around the world, there are consequences to being bad. And that is not true of, for example, the NFL. In fact, if you're really bad in the NFL, you win a lottery and you get the best overall player in the next draft. That's not true in the Premier League. The bottom three teams in the Premier League every season get kicked out of the fucking Premier League into a lower league, and then they have to win their way back up to the Premier League again. That's great. Like, that's how fucking sports should be. It's competitive. There are consequences to losing. There are consequences to winning. And I appreciate that it it creates a sense of stake because games, even at the bottom of the table, among teams who really aren't that good, are meaningful games because it begs the question, who's getting booted and who's getting brought up from a different league? It makes the whole thing interesting. Whereas at the end of the NFL season, unless you're the top eight teams or whatever and you're actually vying for playoff positioning, most of those games don't fucking matter anymore. Mm -hmm. And it keeps every game interesting to the end of the season. It's a long fucking season. So kudos to the EPL and a variety of other leagues that do promotion and relegation. It's a good idea. I wish more American sports would sack up a little bit and get good with the idea that, that, you know, the Cleveland Browns and or the Jacksonville Jaguars probably shouldn't be in the NFL anymore. So with that, we're going to grab some beer and we'll be right back. Spencer, what are you drinking? This is from Boulevard Brewing Company. This is Dream Vision, an orange vanilla ale. It's 5.7%. It's their take on like a creamsicle or a dreamsicle, depending on what you've referred to these as in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, ale with natural flavors and caramel color. That is not a caramel color, uh, Boulevard. That is like a, that looks like orange juice beer. Yeah. It's like um, a honey color. Yeah. 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 So I'm going to give it a shot. Also, the can design is very cartoony for Boulevard. Yeah, absolutely. He's sipping it. It does have the sort mm-hmm. of barbershop swirl on the can, yeah. but orange. Fuck yes. He finished. Well, that was a face. Fuck yes. That was a face of contentment. <laughs> Fuck yes. That beer. It's really nice. I don't know that I've ever had a beer that tastes like this. I've had orange juice that tastes like this. Well, yeah. <laughs> it tastes like it's on nitro almost. It does. Yeah. It's yeah. not like hypercarbonated. It's real fucking smooth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of orange. You do get the vanilla. I don't get the vanilla in the back. I kind of get it in the middle. The, I definitely yeah. taste vanilla in there. Yeah. It's the, not. Yeah. There's not much. Though. The back finishes more like beer than the rest of the drink. Mm-hmm. It's, it's heavy on orange on the front. Yeah. The vanilla really takes it to the back of your palate and then it finishes like beer. Yeah. I like, like, I really like this. Yeah, I would drink a lot of those. I would yeah. drink a lot of these, yeah. Um, that's a five. I'm just going to say it. I'm yeah. going to call it a five. It's a really good uh, summer beer, too. It's a really good summer beer. Yeah. 
And and again, it's I mean it's almost dangerous too because again it's, yeah. you're just just like alcoholic orange juice. Yeah. Uh, if you want a screwdriver, but you don't want to go all the way. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Like you want to. You want to. You want to play all day. Yeah. I just. I'm interested in things that I've never had before, and I've never had a beer that tastes like this. And I don't know how far we are down this path. Like six or seven million beers at this point. It, yeah. That's interesting. It's very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are we talking about? Uh, we're talking about and dissecting our fun and a Ready Player Drunk Fusion, a game that I recently finished on Switch. Uh, which I think is pretty interesting, called C- Citizen Sleeper. I have mm. heard so much about Citizen Sleeper. <clears throat> yeah, so uh, I bring it up in a Dissecting Our Fun thing, because it's basically a board game. Like, it's it's me if I had to design a video game, in that, like, holy shit, I do not know what I am doing. I could just write paragraphs of stuff. So what if you lay the paragraphs out on a map, and you had to roll dice to get to the paragraphs? <laughs> like, it's me designing oh, wow. a video game. Yeah, um, yeah. So the basic premise is that you are a sleeper, uh, meaning that AI cannot be made sentient in this universe. Um, so what they do mm. for robotic workers in like vacuum is they just copy people um, and then they erase all your memories before you were there. So it's kind of like severance, only you're a robot slave. Mm. Severance. Um, so you escape and you try and live your own life on this uh, Taurus, this circular um, space station. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem is, is you have planned obsolescence. Mm. So you have to work to pay oh. so they get that fixed so you don't die. Um, so it's just like a nightmare capitalism sci-fi story. Yeah. Um, but in order to get through it, it is a dice drafter. Um, no shit. And what you're doing is you're just going on the station. You're unlocking various characters to talk to. Uh, and you are performing tasks for them for various rewards and the different game currencies um, and trying not to die as a result of that. But the way you're doing that is you are assigning dice. And then even the dice drafting thing is uh, extremely interesting because the dice do not determine the quality of your action. They determine the probability of a second roll. Yeah. So it's got a D6 system. Wow. When you get to a D6, uh, you have have basically three conditions. You've Mm -hmm. got a um, bad condition that's going to hurt your health or hurt your energy or hurt one of the other... uh, um, currencies you need, like if you lose on gambling, if you have something bad, uh, you can have a neutral position. Um, then you can have a positive position. And then from there, there are critical positives and critical negatives. Damn. So when you get to six, yeah. what you're rolling is actually a 50-50 roll. You put the six down on a location, and that's going to give you a 50% critical success option or a 50% regular success option. Uh-huh. But if you do a five, that's 25 50 25 so you could still get right um you know something middling yeah now you get to three and four you have like middling to bad and by the time you get to one that's like a very half-assed action yeah that's probably going to cost you more than it is wow however the same map can be flipped and when you flip things uh it's not about the power of your action it's about matching an exact number and that's how you hack so when you hack you turn the space station into this little schematic wireframe. And then as you're assigning things to hack, to steal things or, or like learn different information, be like, we need a one. So you're like, well, I'm not going to use one for dock work. Right, right, right. Cause then I'm going to get blasted out of an airlock and hurt myself and Critical have to spend money to do that. Right. I'll spend my one on the net to get this. And the entire time Fuck. you're unlocking this like story about hellish capitalism on, um, the space station, which is very interesting, and you're unlocking new sections of it. Um, there's there's a pretty deep lore. Um, 
so basically it's an RPG that plays itself for you. It's, it's a lot more like a visual novel. Yeah, I am into this. Um, but they've taken a lot from like Blades in the Dark and and um, Apocalypse World games because like when you are unlocking new parts of the story, you're filling in clocks and like the way they're tracking those, you know, critical positive versus positive oh, versus sure, neutral sure, sure. is like how many slivers of that clock did you fill in, which doesn't sound that interesting until you realize that you are dying every day you play the game. Right. And so like the speed at which you fill those clocks and hopefully get rewards and unlock things is like the the challenge portion of the game, even though it's essentially just um, Damn. reading an RPG mm-hmm. for yourself. That is layered. Yeah. Uh, they've got a really interesting character progression system um, that gives you plus ones or plus twos based on your dice roll. Yeah. Um, but the way they do it is that, like, once you unlock a plus one, the only way to get to a plus two is you unlock, like, this special ability that unlocks for you forever. Uh, okay. So it's, like, plus one in endurance. But then to do that, it's, like, photovoltaic. And then it's, like, okay, if you need energy, you don't have to eat food. You can just bathe in the sun because you got robot skin. Right. And then you get a plus two. Uh-huh. And then after the plus two, you get another like special unique bonus. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, there, there's some like permanent or persistent upgrade opportunities. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's a pretty interesting way to build a progression system. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I've heard some people on the Mix 6 Discord have been talking about it. Um, there's multiple endings. I saw that. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't take very long to do a playthrough is my understanding. Like, um. Yeah, I beat it in a couple days, but it's like all I was doing. I was pretty obsessed with it. Okay. Um, so I was playing it when we were like watching movies and stuff. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then um, there are multiple endings, but the thing is the multiple endings are usually opt-in, opt-out. Like at one point, I uh, unlocked a submission with this um, mercenary who ended up coming back to the station, and I'd done work for another character. Yeah. And they both decided to like fuck off and get out of here. And like you have an ending where you can be like, just go with them. And mm. if you don't take it, the credits roll, and then you're back on the station, and you keep playing. Like, well, you stayed on the station. Game oh, keeps going. Okay. And then so I played again and again and again, and then I unlocked a different ending. Yeah. It's like, go with them. And I'm like, I don't want to go with them. And right. So the credits rolled, and I stayed on the station, and I kept playing. And I eventually got to, like, a final one, and I did choose to to do that ending. Yeah, but, like, I don't know what would have happened if I just kept wow playing. Like, yeah. Huh. So, yeah, there are multiple endings, but they seem to be, like, linearly stacked, like, mm-hmm. take this way out or take this way out or oh, take okay. this Have way you out. found that in exploring, uh, you know, new or alternative endings, you're unlocking more, finding more parts of the, the gameplay that you hadn't found or that are, like, interesting or you get more depth or whatever? Um, there is a... There is a moment where the gameplay kind of caps out, but like um, that's the thing. I, I I then hit another ending and it didn't overstay its welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, the only reason I kept playing is because I had more story stuff. And when I stopped, it's like I didn't have any more story stuff unlocked, yeah. and I didn't think I'd get it. Right. Um, but I found it interesting in that like it's an RPG that has multiple endings, but the, since the endings are sort of linearly stacked like that, and it is a visual novel, come on, right. how, how how much do you want to replay that? Totally. Um, you can do multiple ending runs because you're not starting over every right. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like, okay, well, Keep you didn't going. do that. Keep going. Yeah. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um, as someone who has kind of avoided some of those like visual novel games, uh, although a number of them have been put in front of me and they all look very interesting, this one sounds like it has enough interactivity and interesting choice mechanic that I might get into it. It's reading a book with a dice drafter to turn pages yeah. instead of pages. I kind of, uh, yeah, I kind of, and especially that. on the Switch, yeah. like that's the way to play that. It is, it yeah. is a toilet game. Like there's yeah. a pause button. I'm not sure why. Right. Like, like there's never anything time constrained. Never anything like graphically animated. It's either pictures of who you're talking to mm-hmm. or pictures of the big ring station, space station. That's it. 
Um, yeah, it's just a book you have to play a game to unlock. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty interested in it, mm-hmm. and I, I did see on the Discord a few folks that were like kind of going through some of the endings. I also saw a few folks who were like, "Yeah, I went through like four or five endings. I don't need any more. Like, yeah. I'm good. I get yeah, the game. Yeah. I think it was I'm very, cool very well written. Yeah, yeah. You, you, I'm sure you can find them all on YouTube. But like, uh, mm-hmm. I will say, uh, if you have Microsoft Game Pass, it's on there. Oh, okay. For Xbox and PC. So, oh, that's good to know. Yeah. So you can you don't even have to like buy it per se. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I, I would definitely buy it. Like, if they made more games like this, I'd yeah. be a much happier man. Like. Yeah. And and uh, and I never remember this fucking game. You brought it over. I don't know. You know, somewhere in the middle of the pandemic, probably uh, dice drafting game, multiple different colored dice, uh, and like green dice and pink dice and uh, Coimbra, Coimbra, and. You, you talk, weren't excited about 15th century Portuguese. You know what? It didn't real politics. It didn't resonate with me until I played it. But <laughs> like that was the first time that I saw. I guess that and Sagrada are like dice drafting games where I mm-hmm. thought like, oh shit, you can like this is an interesting way to use dice differently. And so the fact that it's not just probability, but also your ability to connect to yeah, the the dice is the probability that got you to the probability right. you're betting. Yeah, like, you're, you're placing bets yeah. basically everywhere, and or burning it to do to take some like direct action like hacking, etc. Like, yeah. that's a smart way to use that mechanic, mm-hmm. uh, and I appreciate that. Okay, so Citizen Sleeper on Game Pass yeah, and or the Switch. Sounds like it comes highly recommended from one Caleb Stokes. Mm-hmm. And with that, we're going to grab more beer. We'll be right back. Caleb, uh, what is that beer, and how old do we think it is? Uh, this is uh, from Cooperstown Brewing Company, the Induction Summer Ale, uh, the <laughs> limited 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 edition collectors 2020. Now the the problem version. there, Caleb, did you want to tell everybody what today's date is? Uh, later than that, yeah, yeah, May, May 12, 2022 <laughs> yeah. is where we are. There's here. been some times oh, right. in I'm between standing. when yeah. this brew was made yeah. and I'm going to drink it. Yeah. Sometimes like, have passed. Sometimes. Yeah. And that, amount that, we're them. learning a lot about sometimes. <laughs> really, really a functional word. It is. In so many ways. It, it, it's it, ambiguity is part of its strength. Mm-hmm. I, um, smells like a pale ale or a pilsner or something like that. And I'm not sure. What it's supposed to smell like that. supposed to be? Right. We don't know. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, it's not, he it, hasn't it, thrown up. It's just nothing. I'm guessing like a pilsner. It tastes like baseball. It tastes like, <laughs> And it, that here's the thing. That's not a good thing. It tastes no, like no. your boomeriest uncle. Oh, yeah. Like the beer that he thinks is the best beer in the world. Yeah. And no matter what beer you tell Miller him about. Miller Lite. Yeah. yeah no matter, no matter what you show him. Yeah. That's wrong because right. it should be it's this. It's not that big. It's, it's Miller time. It's it's oppressively a three. It's, it's a Ooh. three as like a delimiting cap on the possibility of beer quality. Wow. Norwegian like, three. Uh, yeah. Wow. Like three like the point of a spear jabbed into you. Uh, just <laughs> the very peak of mediocrity. Um, yeah, it's there. That happened. See, I, I like threes because they they cause us to wax poetic about the meaning of life. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Because like, you can't really say anything else <laughs> right, about right. it. You the, have the, the utter we're confronted with utter the absurdity middling. of the universe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Not unlike the operatic performance of a soccer injury, you really have to mm-hmm. like sell what's going on. Let here. me let me yeah. make a pitch here. Uh, yeah. It's post one thousand. No yeah. rules. Uh-huh. We eliminate the three from our rating system. <laughs> Things are either good or bad. <laughs> So it's a well, it's functionally a four. One, two, four, five. Yeah. We That's apply it. the American Overton window right. to uh, yep. to yep. beer ratings. There are no neutral beers. It's either the enemy or the yeah, the only thing acceptable. I, under no the new no regime. neutral beers. Yeah. yeah, 
I don't know. I prefer to see things in shades of gray. Yeah, well, <laughs> but we're not going to. In fact, here's a commitment I'm willing to make. I will not give a three on this podcast ever again. One, oh, two, one, two, four, five. That's a shame. That you're going to have trouble with that. Statistically, I'm going to throw off my own mean here. You uh, did pretty bad. Yeah, you did a five, and that's like the second one you've had in four years. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. Yeah, I know. I'm screwing up the data here, uh, and I don't feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. That no more neutral beers. That's how I feel about. I like this. the threes. I'm going to keep the threes. That's totally fine. Right. That's totally fine. Right. I am making my position clear and known in this very moment no more threes post now what, what if it demands to be a three well, like this would like no because i think if you're mad about how three it is it's really a two if i don't know if you built a wall around threes yeah this would kool-aid man through it and be like i'm here anyway <laughs> i'm no i'm gonna force, being average i'm taking yeah. a position here okay. watch, watch me whip watch out threes <laughs> all right uh kill what are we talking about uh, your number one voter getter was playing with the public domain, which All means right. uh, Ross has to give us something from the public domain and we have to pitch it. Yeah. Uh, competing for his love and attention. So, um, yeah, I, I there's a lot of cool things in the public domain, but I think one of the things that I. Uh, You're wearing a s'mores T-shirt. Yeah, I am wearing a s'mores T-shirt. It's when I donate a blood. Yeah. Yeah. Did you just notice that? Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't have worn any other T-shirt, huh? Feels it, very it, front and center right now. Yeah. <laughs> it spoke to me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I bet it did. Mm-hmm. Okay, keep going. Someone eating s'mores with blood would yeah. be like, oh my god, your version of a everyone's turning into lizards. Yes, yeah. fear and loathing. Trip. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. You just uh, it's like the number twenty. Oh, your fingers are so sticky. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, so I think I'm really curious to see how both of you would approach. Uh, the source material in question is going to be Varney the Vampire, a Victorian-era serialized gothic horror story uh, from uh, 1845 to 1847. Uh, it is 667,000 words. God, they missed an opportunity there. Yeah, uh, 232 chapters. Um, uh, yeah, so what do you do? Like, it's it's uh, precedes Varney's everything. not cool, right? Because his name is Varney. Like, well, it, 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 he was actually a pretty, pretty badass villain. Okay, well, my take he will, <laughs> he, he will not be right. Okay. Um, yeah, I've got a different take on yeah. Varney the vampire here. Uh, yeah, he was the first story to refer to sharpened teeth for a vampire. Uh, here's my pitch. Yeah, CBS sitcom, CBS, oh no, starring Jim Varney. Jim Vardy? Yeah. Uh, he's dead. Yeah, he is dead. But for a moment, let's just... Oh, wait, no, we can deepfake it. We, that's even better. We're yeah. deepfaking Jim Varney as Varney the Vampire. It's it's fun. They just... They grok all of the earnest stuff. Mm-hmm. They t- they actually know. Here it is. Okay, boy, I'm having a brain, brain uh-huh, moment. Uh-huh. Varney the Vampire on CBS is actually just... The earnest films cut up and we just put... Like, we superimpose vampire teeth... And a vampire cape on all of the the Ernest films, <laughs> cut up over probably three seasons of television. <laughs> so you're just photoshopping, yes, oh. poorly. I because it's CBS. Yeah, I don't think the uh, IP of Varney the Vampire is really going to be the hurdle to jump there. Nope, there's not. Now listen, okay. That what I've just pitched to you, yeah. and I mean this in all sincerity, uh-huh. will be the best comedy CBS makes for the next <laughs> decade. Okay. I have an alternate version of that. anything at all. No, all it's right. not. It's not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's Varney the vampire with Jim Varney deep fake, but you get a different celebrity guest to mocap and a uh, voice Varney. And then they deep fake it to make it look like. Varney. <laughs> so, uh, it's a different, we have to guess who you think is actually behind the Varney. It's interactive. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. the Masked Singer. Totally. Uh, yeah. The Masked Singer. Whatever that is. Sure. No, that's what it's called, the Masked okay. Singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I just, I think it's an interesting idea because now 
your voting, right? Yeah. Like you could do live polling, mm-hmm. you know, is this, uh, is this Christoph Waltz mm-hmm. playing Varney the vampire? Uh, is this Patton Oswalt? Is this Patton Oswalt? Is yeah. this Beyonce? Yeah. I hope it's Beyonce. I hope it's Beyonce too. Yeah. I could think, I think Beyonce could do a really good Varney. Right. Jim Varney as Varney the vampire in a CBS three camera classic. Yes. Live studio audience. Yeah. Very They're, interesting. Well, actually no studio audience cause they have to CGI. It. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can't laugh track all the way. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Okay. Caleb, either way, top top reskinning the earnest films and or mocapping and deep faking. Do you Varney. want any more information about Varney? I, I, I appreciate. Absolutely no, not. No, because here, here's the thing. His name is Varney. It yeah. doesn't matter how terrifying it of a doesn't matter. He is. Yeah. His name is Vampire. Oh, there's pathos. In the so show. like, I don't want to just recreate what we do in the shadows. Yeah. Um, so That's instead, I'm going to recreate our flag means death. It is a Victorian <laughs> vampire, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. All right. He just thinks he's a vampire. He's okay. not actually a vampire. Ooh. He's just too rich. He's got too many noble connections yeah. with like earls and dukes. Yeah. And everyone's kind of got to pretend. So Emperor's new clothes shit. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very much like a Parks and Rec office. You have confessionals. You <gasps> know, Alan the Duchess Tudyk. is talking about like, yeah, he just kind of sucked on my neck for 30 minutes. Right. It was pretty boring right. actually you got a way to her like reading a right. shelly that's poem. all thing he has to sharpen his teeth like, that's right yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. I, got, I got some reading in yeah i think uh jean ralphio from parks and rec plays vardy the what vampire. about alan tudyke though this could feels be like alan right tudyke. His, could yeah. be uh reese uh Der- derby i believe his name is from our flag means death oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. uh all good choices mm-hmm. of an idiotic princeling that thinks he is a creature of the night that mm-hmm. would be my pitch yeah okay okay i like both of them um i've been kind of surprised neither of you chose like oh no we're gonna hbo prestige show it it's gonna be no. just called v and you know it's gonna be i don't uh, think like, we can make i've another seen show Blood. called v yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. right oh, okay. i think we're out of v's. where are you gonna where are you gonna go with vampires at hbo beyond true blood Ooh, like no, how, but let's how riff- do you go off further right. up that clip let's yeah. riff on that yeah, yeah we'll call it v card uh, it's like a teen drama, and he's a high school student <laughs> who's a vampire who's also trying to deal with the everyday perils of being okay. a All high the high school vampires are played by 35-year-old actors exactly playing 216-year-old right. yeah. oh, We can bring vampires. in other Victoria villains. We can bring in Jack the Ripper like, uh, like his rival. 100%. Yeah. yeah. We got uh, a whole... Spring Hill Jack. Yeah. We, yeah. Sherlock Holmes could be in the mix. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, we could really start to like build a, a, a DC-esque character A universe. VCU. A VCU. Yeah. A VCU. No uh, one's ever done that before. Nope. Nope. It's a very original idea. Trademark, patent, yeah. copyright. The we one said it. producer of the dark pictures anthology or whatever. Yeah. The, the oh, Universal yeah. Monsters. Yeah. No! Yeah. Don't go that Got him way. good. Got him Barney's good. the lead, though, yeah. no matter what. Fuck like, right off, Universal. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Well, I thought that went well. Uh, I look forward to watching that show. CBS, Sundays, 9 o'clock. Producer Ross, what are you drinking? Uh, Spencer, we're so kind to bring in some Hello. Cali Squeeze. Uh, this is a California brewery. Uh, that Firestone I'm Walker is the name of the brewery. And oh, we've okay. had a number of their beers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This is like their their light Hefeweizen line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is a Hefeweizen. It's called Tropical POG, which is pineapple, orange, guava. Passion fruit, orange, guava. Oh, I think. passion fruit. Yeah. Okay, so sorry. they've got three Cali Squeeze lines out. This one, mango and blood orange. And the blood orange one is like the summer beer for me. Uh, and they've got it on draft mm-hmm. a couple places in town now. But I like the tropical one, too. Yeah, uh, I can definitely smell the guava, the very fruity kind of nose. Yeah, and drink again, the pog. 
Yeah. Guava is terrible. And I think it's important to say that out loud. Ross, no, Ross, no into that too much guava. Yeah. 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 Yep. Nasty kind of aftertaste to mm. it. Um, kind of watered down too. Like there's not much fruit to it. I don't, I definitely don't taste the orange. Uh, I mean, I mean, compared to the last little, uh, uh well, dream vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Orange yeah. juice. Yeah. Right. It's very watery, uh, and a bit of a like nasty kind Boo. of aftertaste. Did so. not go well. Um, it's not no threes. Well, th- no, this is legitimately a two. Okay, great. Yeah. I'll take it. You know why? Yeah. One side of the line or the other. Yeah. No, no fence sitters <laughs> here. Absolutely. I would have given it a three if it deserved a three, but this does not deserve a three. My suggestion is that no. I love how you get bored and just make up an issue to be <laughs> yep. fanatical about. Yeah. hundred percent. It's like, I have now decided. Gotta keep, I will gotta believe keep this spicy. unto death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For now, I'm really mad about threes. Honestly, the next time I sit at this table, I will have forgotten all about the declaration <laughs> I made today and I will probably give out multiple threes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, we're in a jukebox in the back slash armchair director. It's a fusion. It's a thing we do around here. Ethan Fizet suggests recently, I found out that Zack Snyder directed music videos for Soul Asylum. In the spirit of that pairing, what other directors can we pair with musical artists? James Cameron and Creed? Wes Anderson and Cole Chamber? So I think the bit here is we need to name a director and then name a band that they direct a music video for. Here's the thing. As a millennial... I can tell you, this is how we used to pick directors. It is. Very literally. Before you found, like, a kid with a short film on YouTube and gave him $700 million to make a superhero film. Right. Which then drove him insane. Yeah. Uh, That's the current model. But before that. Before that, it used to be you just did a few music videos and then you got me. Absolutely. Yeah, Spy Jones, yeah. Um, Yeah. Michelle Gondry. So we know this can be done. Yeah. And we know this can be done well. Totally. Mm Mm-hmm. So I am very interested in how badly it can be done. Oh, I would I, assume very. I, so that that is my pitch. Do they have to be current artists? Well, Creed isn't, so I guess uh, not. I would say <laughs> so. Silent. I would say right, still yeah. performing. They don't have to like be putting it like still performing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. All like, right, right. I don't want to do like no dead artists. No yeah. people who are clearly retired. Got it. Like someone who would want to make a music video. Okay. Yeah. A band that would want to have a music or video. a solo artist. Got yeah. it. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Um. Okay, so let's start with the director. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I know what I want oh, to do. Get already. in there. Because uh, it's going to be short, yep. so it'll be relatively painless to watch. Yep. And also hilarious. Yep. I want to see Catherine Bigelow try to direct any music video by Rage Against the Machines. <laughs> I think it would be absolutely <laughs> hilarious wow. to take the you know, DOD-funded, like straight from the CIA's mouth, yep. uh, creator of Zero Dark Thirty, and have her try and shoot literally anything. <laughs> like the video would have to be just like behind the scenes footage of them arguing on set. Like you wouldn't have to get to the video. Mm-hmm. It would just be like the song supercut with like Tom Morello trying to explain concepts to her on a cork board. Yeah. I think and her would, angrily throwing a latte at it. I think they would try and then like a day later the set catches on fire. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Yeah. 100%. Maybe it's just like news footage of the set burning down set to okay. the song. Yeah. I still think it has artistic merit. 100% I'd watch it. Uh, actually, I'll have to, I, I'm not sure after the time. I think she's still performing, but uh, my easy layup uh, when you mentioned Catherine Bigger, I th- immediately thought of, oh, well, James Cameron. Yeah, and then uh, have him do an Anya music video because they he could just use his Avatar City. Oh, he's got a yeah. whole. It's like it's all right there. Yeah, it's all Avatar Plan, whatever the place is called. It'll also come yeah. out seventeen yeah. years from How now. How dare you? Yeah. He's got four <laughs> movies coming out in the next four years. Any right? day Maybe. now. Yeah. yeah, Maybe the Way of Water yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah. I'm really excited to not watch that. <laughs> Man, be- if it bombs, it's gonna be. So- it's not gonna bomb. It's not. <laughs> no, it won't bomb. Yeah. Is the problem. 
That's yeah. the problem. It yeah. won't bomb. Yeah. It'll be huge. It'll be huge. If it does, though, he did build a city for it. He did build is, a city. That's why yeah. he should make music videos there. Right. Like, like, totally. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. already got the whole set. Exactly. Yeah. Anya it, can sing about nature. Zip code. And yeah. I would also want to make a music video in Rapture or whatever yeah, the fuck exactly. he's doing yeah. Exactly. There. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm interested in combining things that are not like the other to see what happens. Uh, and so... Uh, to get some reactants. So like, for example, um, I think I'd be really interested to watch like Danny Villeneuve, Danny V, um, direct, uh, uh, smash mouth video and <laughs> like specifically like, uh, at a smash mouth show. Like I want to see Denny V's take on like a live at a smash mouth show recording the whole thing like denny v pacing so like an old school 90s video yes. where a lot of footage of the band right. actually playing instruments that's exactly yeah. right yeah, yeah yeah um i think he'd hate it i think i'd hate it i do want to say that but i think it'd be interesting and what it, if it's smash mouth just playing behind like a rainy window as rain sheets down <laughs> great honestly if we could just get smash mouth inside somewhere by themselves that'd be a win mm -hmm. culturally i think we would have accomplished something here and i'll tell you i was really moving between smash mouth and icp who i wanted to watch denny v direct more the problem is i think i think icp would be naturally interesting and smash mouth on the other hand is smash mouth uh first off if you pitch a sci-fi concept to icp they're gonna say yes 100 percent, they're gonna and say now yes. we just have dune with icp in right it, right which which, I do want to see which more might just be might just be Mad Max. <laughs> like maybe that's just Fury Road. Yeah, yeah. I like uh, your math on this. Right. Dune plus ICP equals Mad Max. Okay. And on that note, George Miller directing an ICP video uh, feels like it would be just right up. I his mean, George alley. Miller also did Happy Feet. He can do anything. Like, he can do Happy Feet. Yeah, he, 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 literally. He anything. could do. He could, he could make a great music video of any artist. Yeah. Well. Artist. Yeah. George Miller is also like might be the least interesting choice is like, well, I don't know. It's going to be competent of whatever genre yeah. Yeah. you just told him to do. Like, well, unless it inspires him. But yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah but well, good news. I don't, I don't think, I don't think ICP is going to. Okay. Yeah. Um, I have another, uh, get in there. Okay. So the director is going to be Steve, uh, uh, Kostansky, uh, who directed the void and more recently psycho Goreman. Oh yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, uh, dragon force would be the obvious oh, choice. Yeah. yeah. Like that is going to be, yeah. Uh, Guar would be a good candidate. Yeah, Guar would be good. Uh, I, I, I lose sanity every time I have to hear Dragon Forest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so exactly. Uh, Just real over the top. He's going to be an epic fantasy. Now, I was considering Godspeed You Black Emperor for him to direct a music video. I don't know how that would go. Right. That would be the outside choice. Yeah. Speaking of Dragon Force, does anyone else have uh, Layton that sometimes comes becomes radically manifest like uh, PTSD from Guitar Hero? Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. I have. That's a real thing, Do you thing, remember right? driving me after Chicago listening to Dragon Force? I did. And I told Kevin Ellis I would drive the car yeah. off the fucking road yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if he didn't turn that off. Yeah. And we would all die in a glorious release of fire. Yeah. Because I remember that. It's yeah. one thing to show your friends, like, have you heard Dragon Force? It's another thing to be in a car for seven hours it's listening to Dragon like Force. like getting a dental drill. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What if we do, uh, I think this would be great, or drive the director insane. Um, so we know James Gunn. He loves like we do older, older music, like metal, like yeah. Yeah, yeah, pop yeah. music, stuff like that. Let's have him do like a J pop or a K pop idol. Yeah. Uh, 
like K-pop band, like fuck yeah, like BTS or something like that. Like either he's going to embrace it and like go for the chaos, or he's just going to like this is not like the music I love. I think he'd embrace it. I think he, I think yeah, I think it could go either way. Yeah, I think I think it would be a great art either way. I think you need Gareth Evans for something like that. With that amount of dancing, you need someone who could shoot a fight scene. Like that's my James guy could do a fight scene. He can't. He can do a CG Mm, fight scene. What if it's a young man who has been drilling (laughs) in synchronized dances for six? 16 hours a day well, okay. while being whipped by his producer. Cause that's going to be real. It's okay. going to be on the stage and you're going to have to be physical too, to get up there with the hear, camera. Hear me out on it, in that vein, Danny Boyle, mm. Danny Boyle can direct a fucking like grimy ass fight scene. Okay. Uh, like that would be interesting to okay. see. I mean, that shit is also like, didn't he, di- he did some Bollywood stuff. Yeah. Dog Millionaire. Yeah, absolutely. Well filmed dance. Yes. And now he's I'll doing, give him that, he's yeah. doing a whole FX series about the sex pistols in like a gritty, like kind of in your face grunge way. Doing heroin's a form of dancing. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think Ethan Fisett got more than he bargained for there. So yeah. flatly, you're welcome. Uh, I'm going to get more beer. We'll be right back. Spencer, what are you drinking? So, spoiler, I've had this beer. Uh, in fact, we had this beer a couple of weeks ago. It's from Prairie Artisan Ales, which, you know, typically, great news, this is the peanut butter and jelly squeeze. It's a sour ale with blackberry, blueberry, boysenberry, dry roasted peanuts, and peanut butter. Um, I'm going to be honest, last time I had this beer, I didn't like it. But we had one left in the fridge, and we tried different beers on this podcast, so I brought it with me. I mean, that might have been a bad one that you had originally. Could, could have been. Yeah, probably. I, not. I thought it was okay. Um, here's... Pairings don't recommend. Yeah, uh, you drink it with Emo's pizza, but that's what we had around. So right. Provel and a yeah, um, no. peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You don't not that. actually no. what you want together. So <clears throat> there's definitely some peanut butter to it mm-hmm. on the back. Well, maybe more the roasted peanuts. Yeah, the dry roasted for me really overpowers the yes, peanut butter, that, which was part of my issue. Yeah, that's uh, part of the problem is that you get a lot of dry roasted peanut on the back. <clears throat> you. I think that this beer would be better were it not a sour. And I don't say that often about beers. Most beers are made better by being sour. Yeah. I think that uh, were if the, your peanut butter jelly sandwich is sour, something's gone wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think, you know, like the beer we had earlier, the the um, uh, uh, Orange Vision from uh, Boulevard, they just made an ale and they put vanilla and they put orange in it. And it was delicious. Yeah. I think had you put like, you know, something more akin to grapes, jelly flavors, and peanut butter together, I think that'd be delicious. But instead, the boysenberry, the the kind of tart sour berries on the front, followed by roasted peanuts, it just doesn't it doesn't work. Um, and since I don't give threes anymore, not that I'd give this a three anyways, it's a two for me. Um, right. One thing we might talk about is that it's happened a few times, and not nearly often enough to be something that would be like a trend, like IPAs and stuff, but like Maybe it's starting to be a trend. Don't make that a sour. Exactly. Like, I think that's happened a couple times on the show. Not nearly as much as it could, considering how popular sours are now. Yeah. And uh, how long it took them to be popular compared to other worse shit. Yeah. Um, But it it has happened occasionally. Yeah, absolutely. Now, here's the thing. You you can have, don't make that a sour, and never mind. Absolutely make that a sour. Absolutely. We've done that more times on the show than we've done the other thing. But like sometimes it's like, yeah, it's a peanut butter jelly sandwich. Maybe not sour. So, for example, like the uh, blood orange version of the Cali Squeeze. I wish I would have had more, and I'll bring them over next time. Um I'm glad they didn't make a blood orange sour. It's really good as a Hefeweizen. It's juicy. It tastes like blood orange juice. And then there's a little beer on the back end. That's great. Well, if you, 
with blood orange as a forward sour, you don't taste blood orange. Right, you exactly. taste sour. You taste sour. Yeah, right. that yeah. is now tinted red. Right. Yeah. Um, so this was just a, um, yeah, don't do that. Uh, you've got good stuff in there. Just put it in something else, and I think we'd, we'd be better here. But anyways, you know, Prairie hits more than they miss. Uh, and with that, we're into Ask Mixed Six. And Stephen Lee, the G-O-E-T, G-O-A-T asks, boy, this is a big one. Uh, is World War II fixation a boomer thing? One of the worst events in human history seems to be the constant touchstone for everything, but I'm starting to wonder if that's eroding. As the cultural memory of World War II erodes and becomes more distant, distant will it remain a touchpoint, or will it have to be displaced by something equivalent? Producer Ross shook his head vigorously Strong as no, you were no, reading the question. Because it's not. Because, um, well, what's happened, I think, is the boomer obsession with World War II has mutated into the... Uh, Gen X and millennial uh, yeah, now younger generations of popular culture depictions of World War II. So like because uh, everything from like basically Banner Brothers saving Private Ryan era 90s stuff to I don't know a decade's worth of military uh, shooters at least uh, to uh, you know now they're anime series that are weirdly fetishizing World War II yeah. in, in numerous ways. Um, it's It's become its own like it exists independently of its historical context. We're fans of the World War II cinematic universe. Exactly. That's that's really that really is it. it yeah, is, yeah. It is kind of like a public domain. It is history is the equivalent of the public domain that anybody can reference it and make use of it. And so it is. Um, it is the last time you can have a big modern war without World War Three. Yeah. And uh, people liked making military stories. And boy, uh, don't they? Yeah, uh, I, I completely agree with what Patricia Ross. I think it comes from like different needs culturally, but yeah. I, I do think it has shifted in that regard. Absolutely. Like, I think so. I think like the boomer obsession is like the hit the older history channel type. Like, yes, what was what was Rommel eating on this day? Yeah. And like all this other what was shit. Churchill thinking here? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. What kind of suit did he wear? Well, who's his tailor? You know, I, I think they served different purposes. Though. Yeah. Like, so like, and I think you still see some of it carried down generationally, but I'm interested to see what you have to say about this, having read all that Kenneth Burke and like rhetoric of Hitler's motives and stuff. Yeah. And, and I, I know it's about communication. Right. But I'm only really talking about that. Right. As a communicative idea. Right. Like I, I'm not talking about World War II as an event. Right. Because I don't think anybody is. Uh, no. I, I think they're talking about World War II to fit a narrative yeah. or explain why they have a narrative. Yeah. And I think that's always been the case. It's, it's what it makes possible for you as a content creator or consumer. Yeah. So I think boomers, um, I think the, the idea of world war two is largely liberatory. It, America was the good guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, as Vonnegut said, the tragedy of world war two was that American was the good guy. Right. Like yeah, it yeah. was the just war. It yeah. was the thing you needed to do to stop the Nazis. And he said that, blew up all of the other terrible shit that happened on every side because mm-hmm. it was a war. Mm-hmm. It blew up all of the historical motivations for that. Mm-hmm. But by the time you got to it, there were people with concentration camps and people trying to stop it. And yeah. the narrative is just too strong and too simple. Mm-hmm. And as he said, that is the narrative that is f- going to feed young men into old men's wars yep. for the rest of time. Uh, and he, he was absolutely right about that. Uh, I think that's what that served for the boomers mm-hmm. because you are experiencing a greater basic standard of wealth than any human beings that have ever existed in history and likely ever will again. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need to explain that yeah. 
with the real history, which you do have some interaction with. The totally. past is a foreign country, yep. but at least your dad never smiled and drank himself to death because yep. he actually went to that Yeah, that's right. Yep. Like, at least you've seen it. And because you were, Okinawa was some shit. Yeah, and you were raised shitty because of it, yep. and, like, you at least had some interaction with it. But then we get to the producer rots, the, the World War II cinematic universe. I think it's serving entirely different Absolutely. Uh, generational stories right now. Yep. I think it's... Um, used a lot by the right to dismiss I, Nazism is because, well, no, they, these don't have the uniforms on. Mm-hmm. Well, I think also, these are different. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's also the storytelling thing. I think World War II now serves the same purpose culturally as the Western. Did. Yes, the Wild Wild West. Like the yeah. Western has disappeared, but now World War, it is a backdrop in which to tell any kind of story you want to. Yeah. And uh, there's, it's just economical. Everyone understands the reference points. Yeah. Uh, if you're making a movie, there's costumes and props and right. like uh, mm-hmm. all this other shit. Totally. Everyone, everyone understands that everyone's speaking English. The stakes are already high. The stakes like, are already you high. You don't have to explain you anything. Can do, you can do dramas. You can do comedies. You can do horror, yeah. like yeah. Overlord. Yeah. Rife for holodeck episodes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Holodeck episodes. Totally. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, and so I think we actually, that would be interesting thesis to, to test is like, you know, the Western gone went from being like 40% of all movies ever made to like, you know, 0.5% of movies all yeah. made. Yeah. And now, like, what is World War Two? Has World War Two replaced the the role that the Western used? Yeah, that's interesting. I, yeah, totally. I mean, I don't, I, yeah. I, yeah, I don't think it's nearly as ubiquitous as it was during the studio system. But, yeah, but it is it is up there for certain, hundred percent. Yeah. Um. But but yeah, I think I think that it's just a different narrative. Yeah. Like for for everyone. Now. Well, I think like, uh, you know to your point, the, the transition. So like it, it becomes a useful frame for mm-hmm. media and content for the people past the boomers. I also think, and like maybe this is just like a bad take on my part lord knows i've had plenty um i i get a sense that like there's a characteristic of boomer that is knowledge like knowledge for knowledge's sake is power and world war ii is an event that is ripe for knowing things being able to talk about what happened when being able to read books about very specific battles why something happened why when, something what occurred. somebody was thinking when they decided to do when, yeah, yeah but boom, boomers generally i think like the idea of anything that they could stock a library around mm-hmm. and you can stock a library around world war ii in fact there are many um and so I think for um, not my mom who uh, does not talk about well, we don't have we we've, I don't know that my mom and I have ever talked about World War II outside of the context of her dad was in World War II and it's used as a as an explanation for why my grandpa was the way my grandpa yeah, was a foreign country but not that far away right. when you had to deal with the PTSD <clears throat> yeah. raising you yeah. right and for my grandpa who you know had a heavy hand in raising me or, or early in my life he talked about the war a little when I was a kid and a lot more as I got older, but generally as a way of what he thought was like maybe imparting some wisdom or saying, you know, like, here's how to think about this thing. Mm -hmm. Of course, the reason he thought about it that way is because someone shot at him. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that really didn't resonate with a 10 year old. You know what I mean? And now I look back on it and I go, well, I've not been shot at, but like, I guess I get where that was coming from. But yeah, I I think it'll always be a thing for boomers. I think it'll always be a thing, but it'll be a thing for different reasons. Yeah, Yeah, like I think we're already transitioning out of what you would recognize as the the boomer fixation. 100%, yeah. Even it's with, about re- remixing and recontextualizing. Well, most of my reaction to World War II is now, uh, I don't want to say reactionary as in like I'm pro-crazy people, but reactions against people talking about World War II. Yes. And I think that's even stronger for uh, Generation Z. Oh, yeah. Because we see that narrative purpose of World War II that is still trotted out all the fucking time yep. in our gerontocracy. Yep. And it's like 9-11 patriotism, but somehow... 
more insidious. Yeah, even yeah. more hollow. Yeah. Like, like you see, like the New York Times being like, "Look at this guy who says he's a Nazi, but he wears a hoodie." Right. Yeah. He doesn't even have knee high boots. Right. How is that possible? Yeah, totally. Fascism's definitely not a thing that existed before right. Nazism before that. or anywhere else. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you see that sort of like NYT editorial, the call is coming from inside the house, mm-hmm. Nazi bullshit. And it stops being like a, oh, the history channel's mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. That's cute for dad kind of thing. Right. Like um you see it trotted out every time a Republican wants to do any bullshit horrible thing yeah anytime we want to fund the american military you saw it tried it out for the ukraine twitter shit like yeah my my favorite take on ukraine was like people the second who started like telling you how to stop a tank because they read a book uh, like because they read ambos bierce or something they read like easy company and like yeah they haven't done anything to tanks since world war ii yeah there's no advantages there or cover your sock in oil yeah and throw Throw it at the tracks. The, yeah. The other Ukraine World War II take I saw was, well, we've seen this before. This is what Hitler did, right? Like, I just want a little bit more of this land. And so, of course, that's because what Hitler did in World War II, that's what Putin's doing. So we have to respond appropriately. And also, like, it will be that successful right. when it it turns out you can't do what Hitler did because that's a 80-year-old military tactic. Yeah. I just, and things change. Like, I feel like there's a reaction against it, and that's only going to get stronger. Totally. So, like, I think Stephen Lee's eye-rolling eye kind of implied in the question. Right. Um, well, I think it's going to get worse, but yeah. I, I don't think it's gone now. I don't think oh, it's no. gone as a narrative. I think yeah. it's just getting a counter-reaction, yeah. an anti-thesis. I mean, it, it, yeah, it is. It has kind of been worn out. I think uh, it's interesting to look at the time when World War II media became really popular in at least... The current version, you know, Saving Private Ryan, et cetera. That was the 90s when we didn't have a war to fight anymore. We right. didn't have an enemy and we were looking for like, uh, we need a more moral justification for being America and mm-hmm. being the policeman of the world and the leading force of good, blah, blah, blah. That's, you know, what we want. And so Spielberg and these other people wanted to do that. And then, of course, 9-11 rolled around a couple right. years later. Yeah, I like, mean, but yeah, that, you're right. That is sort of the split. Half were just like, we're going to keep making movies about Russians, even though it doesn't make sense. And yeah. the other half were like... Going back to the Nazis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, ever since then, it's been like, uh, yeah, I, I think that's the thing is it's getting too threadbare as like a, a propaganda. We are the, the victors and we deserve 100% everything that we do because we were the good guys this one time. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, Look what we did. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, great question, Stephen Lee, as always. And with that, we're going to grab more beer. We'll be right back. Caleb, um, what, what, what are we doing over here? I think we've had this one already. I don't... My beer sense is tingling, but it's post-1000, no rules. Uh, it's from Perennial Artisan Ales. Uh, it's, Good brewery. Yeah. It's the friendship update. I don't... That doesn't ring a bell for me, but right. again, you have a, a, a catalog... I'm, I'm warging into the beer hole right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. All right? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 right. My Game hackles are will never be tired. Right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and this is the friendship update IPA. One point. Boy, that is 5. a... 8. Yeah. That is a painful smile you have on It that. is a gray can. Yeah. It like... Oh, man. The can looks like how fluorescent it's got some nice lighting patterns feels. To it. Yeah. The, yeah. the friendship update is not It's like positive. a wallpaper sampler. It is. Yeah. I agree to yeah, that. Like, yeah. Like... And, and, and kind of like cool wallpaper. Yeah. 50s. Stylish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, like a hotel, you have to pay a little yeah, more because it's totally. stylish. Yeah. Not because it has better amenities no. or anything. You got to pay more for the amenities. Yeah. Caleb's not. He's gonna. He's drinking the other beer he wow. didn't like He earlier. drank the baseball beer just to get the other beer out. And again, that beer might be really old. Oh, yeah. 
Are you are you doing a blend? Oh, is he having an existential crisis? He's doing a blend. He's going back. He's going to do okay. So he's doing friendship update, and this then he's is, going to go back to the Cooperstown. This is here. a conundrum. Now he's got a yeah. like a. Uh, I'm uh, fascinated by this. What's I, that called when you drink something cold and then you get like a, a oh, like brain? ice cream brain yeah, yeah. Fr- brain freeze? Yeah, yeah. brain freeze. Yeah. They're, they're both threes. No, no. <laughs> I can't tell that's you. That's your quest. No neutral. Ones. I can't tell you anything other than when I drink one, that's an ale, and I drink the other one, that's an IPA. They have no other distinguishing characteristics. It's not a good one. It's not extra bitter. I can't take uh-huh. Like, I can't taste anything in it. It's just is. Like, it's like. It's like true beige as a color swatch. Like, can you even like, see it's it? It's kind of remarkable for how little else is in it. Yeah. Like, huh. that's why I had to go what's back. Egg, and f- what's off white and what's eggshell? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And that's why I had to go back and forth. Okay. And I can tell. Uh-huh. I don't know why. That's cream. I don't know, have any other like ability with vocabulary to describe the difference between the two yeah. other than. Eh. If yeah. only he had an English degree or something. If only I am, I am like fuck Lovecraft. <laughs> right, I can count tentacles. Yeah. I know what non Euclidean means. Yeah. I, I can do all that stuff. This I cannot describe the difference between the two, other than one's an IPA. One's is an that IPA. the real Cosmic Horror? It, it, it is for me yeah. <laughs> in this moment. So it's a it's a three then. Yeah, well, yeah, that's disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, we're into binge binger. Uh, I want. I want to talk about Moon Knight. Did you watch Moon Knight yet? Not yet. I've okay. been watching. Peace I've watched Night. all of it. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Can we spoil? Can yeah, we spoiler? Yeah, like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mean, are you really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right. It's Moon Knight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, I, I have stronger opinions on Moon Knight than I thought I would when I originally wrote, like, oh, in wow. the doc, like, Moon Knight, yay or nay. Yeah. I, I would love to hear a strong opinion about Moon Knight. Great. Because, again, yeah. <laughs> one's an ale, one's an IPA, one's Moon Knight. One's, one's, a, one's a Disney show. Yeah. 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 Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so... I am. I was uh, willfully ignorant of mm-hmm. the Moon Knight comics. Oh, other, other than the comics have been, there are some really good Moon Knight. Yeah, comics. yeah, yeah. Other than they exist. Charlie Houston was that the uh, Warren Ellis did some that were really good. Okay, back, yeah. I thought I thought Charlie Houston is. There's the probably se- I think there's some too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, it, there's been several writers. So I was like familiar with, like knew yeah. that Moon Knight was a thing. Yeah. End of end of Moon Knight depth. Um, so once you, we really started to get into the Moon Knight series, I thought, oh, well, this is interesting. Like, I'm kind of interested in this. And, um, Moon Knight, the first off Oscar Isaac, I would watch him do literally anything. Sure. And he was unexpected. They knew that as expected. Totally wonderful. Uh Um, you know, I thought the first couple episodes of Moon Knight were interesting, uh, because it, it, again, it felt like, uh, uh, Marvel taking a little bit of a risk in that it wasn't just like a person who had money had become a superhero, but there was like this kind of like sub, like deep, meaningful reason that this thing was true. And it was kind of unclear what that reason was. And then about episode three or four, you get into like the deep trauma that, Mm -hmm. uh, that character has encountered and how his multiple personalities, which have probably made him the way that he is today are really really um, protection mechanisms for the life that he was living. All of that I found like very a uh, good television and B flatly different for Marvel. Like I was surprised that Marvel mm-hmm. was like to the point where you almost watched a woman beat her child in that show. Like I was surprised like this feels like Marvel's kind of pushing, especially on Disney plus by the way. Mm-hmm. So I was very interested in what Moon Knight was doing. And then um, as we, we got to the finale episode six, I said out loud to a coworker, I really, really hope after unpacking and opening up all of that emotional childhood trauma and really exploring why Mark and Steven are these different characters and why they exist and how Moon Knight solves a problem there. Um, 
I really hope they don't do like a matrix esque, uh, like superheroes fighting at the end of the show. And Uh-oh. then what if it was a kaiju battle <laughs> with matrix esque, the two of them flying around fighting in the air yeah. in the background. Yeah. It's a Marvel show. It's a Marvel show. And I'm, I gotta be it's honest. It's like, going to end in a fight. Yeah. yeah. It's going to end in a fight. Yeah. And, uh, I thought the finale was like a good Marvel show finale. I thought they'd worked really hard for the previous five episodes to not set up a Marvel show finale. And then they tried to fit into the course of about 48 minutes, all of the Marvel stuff they hadn't done in the previous five episodes. And then they were like, show's over. Oh, by the way, there's another personality. Maybe we'll see you later. Yeah. It's it's what Wanda, it sounds like what WandaVision did. Well, the, the T degree. Yeah. I, I, I'm too cynical, obviously, yeah, yeah. but the TV ness of About it, Disney. Yeah. The TV ness of yes. it all yeah. bleeds through to me. And like, it doesn't look cheap because no. Disney can't do cheap right. by any metric yeah. of human beings, but Disney can do cheap for Disney. Yeah. And that's every Disney streaming show. So like you've got Hawkeye, yeah. you've got these great young actors that are like new to the scene and yeah. you've got these wonderful people who are going in there, but you're not paying the Marvel rates because it's either the first time they've been in Marvel right. or they're Jeremy Renner. Right. Um, so like that's an okay to make and then you it's just an action show, so you do that. Mm-hmm. You've got to pay Oscar Isaac post-Star Wars money. Right. Holy fuck, how are we going to do this? Well... Oscar Isaac talks to fuck himself yep. most of the time. Don't catch so we don't people. have to pay any other fucking actors except for the ones we pay. And then when we do pay them, we'll do have Oscar Isaac do some stuff. But most of the fight scenes will be Moon Knight in full costume, yep. mask up, which means he doesn't need to be on set that That's day. Right. Yep. And then one thing he's going to fight is invisible, which means for all those frames where it's invisible, I don't have to pay for an effects budget. And it's just all so blatantly like, like, well, we would do more in an Avengers movie, but this ain't no Avengers movie. Right. A Shaved this bitch down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, I, that's all I can see. I can just see the scrape, scrape. And it's still like millions and billions oh, of dollars yeah. to my mindset. Yeah. But it's just like, well, we've spent more money than most nations make in a year on right. these movies. Yeah. And I don't want to do this for this TV show. So here's how we write around it. Now, here's the thing they do a lot to write around it. Yes, they and do. I, and I, I, as a craftsman of words, I appreciate that. Yes. Uh, but at the same time, you're still watching like, a product that is meant to invoke the feelings of previous products yeah. with higher production values, yeah. despite the fact that it has a demonstrably lower production value. And the second you see the writing tricks for that, it gets pretty thin. Yep. Like, yep. Um, well, for example, they're like when, cause there's a bunch of stuff he's pulling from the Charlie Houston line. You know what happens when you give an alter ego with a person who already has an alter ego, like all, all that DID stuff came from like those early two thousands, uh, late 2000s, you know, Moon Knight was utter D-list superhero. Right. So the, you know, the Ellis, the Houston, all, that, you know, that whole comics tradition of like f- flincing through the gutter so you can do something original yeah. mm-hmm. and then having it stick. Yeah. And that's what the all, almost whole thing is based on. Right. But then you get like scenes of like, they're going to move the stars yeah. right. like it's yeah. a planetarium. Right. And it's like, okay, yeah, that is the, ch- the cheapest and dumbest totally. effect ever. Right. And like, why aren't they going to mention in other Marvel shows that the Egyptian pantheology is real along with the Norse one and they just destroyed Egypt yep. by stomping on it? Yep. Like, but they're just going to move past that because I guess after the blip, you don't notice anything. That's anymore. exactly it's right. Like, it's just a Tuesday. Right. Anyway, none of it matters. But yeah. Moving uh, on. Yeah. And, that, and that's where I'm at. F. Murray Abraham as the voice of Khonshu honestly just felt like weird and comical mm-hmm. at times. And again, I know like you needed to get someone who has like a mildly recognizable voice and a good voice for a god. I guess 
So F. Murray, Abraham, and Theory made sense, but it sounded weird. I remember when Ethan Hawke walked on the screen. I said, is that Ethan Hawke? But not like... Not like when Tobey Maguire shows up in fucking No Way Home. Like, that's Tobey Maguire. Like, more like, I thought Ethan Hawke was dead. <laughs> <laughs> and Ethan Hawke's working his ass off. He's in The Northman. He's in all sorts of he's shit He's in now. this new thing called, like, The Black Phone or something that looks creepy I, I as think shit. Ethan Hawke's kids are in college or, right. like, out yeah. of his house, and he doesn't need to worry about him anymore. Right. I think Ethan Hawke has some time he's for got, He's got some time um, now. Yeah. He's just having fun. He's, he's good in it. Right. I think he does yes, a good job. He totally does. Yeah, he was but, a good hero. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, just, there's this ongoing thing the, the MCU is just planning to do a Law & Order. They're just going to get every single actor you've ever seen before yeah. in something. Totally. Yeah. And it's Al- working. Also, yeah. another thing Marvel does sometimes, we're really into the, to the vultures' right territory is here. Totally. Like, you live in an objective alignment universe where you are either born good yeah. or born bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there is no changing. It. And there are multiple dichotomy. pantologies that exist as real forces that have destroyed your city proving yes. this. Yes. And one's like, why don't we get rid of all the bad people first? Yeah. And the other people's like, let them do bad stuff and then, then we'll, we'll kill them yeah. in a cool action scene. And the first guy's the bad guy. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> and I'm just like, I, I don't think you should pro preemptively murder no. people for crimes or commit. But I also don't live in a world in which Khonshu is real. Right. Yeah. They do. Right. And at that point you have to seriously examine the question of like, maybe Tony Stark shouldn't get every contract right. and right. destroy the yeah. economy. Like, but they don't, no. they just absolutely refuse the, the idea that like, yeah. I want to use this different godlike energy to right. do a different political action is always like inherently evil. And, 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 and what's nope, annoying nope. about it, it's the exact debate they had in Captain America Winter Soldier. The exact debate. Like, very, like they may, they could have just repurposed that script from from uh, uh, Captain America talking to uh, Nick Fury. But the thing is, the people in control of the thing that preemptively eliminated bad people were fucking Nazis in that right. one. Yeah. And in this one, they were gods. And you did not establish that that was the god of Nazism. Right, exactly. You established that they were a god with omniscient powers. Yeah. At which point, I'm like... With an agenda. Well, if they can kill people with their minds and know exactly everything is going to happen, which you've demonstrated multiple times in the show... Yeah, you, you cannot do. Maybe right. Ethan Hawke's right? right. And just never dealt with. No. Never dealt with for even one second. No, no moment of temptation. No. Just like, oh, well, no, obviously we can't do that. And I, I, I get it if, yeah. like, you establish that, like, the gods are political in a pantheon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or you do it, they just don't. No. Because they don't have time for it. No, exactly. Because, like, yeah. Because they, and, and they were making time for some of that stuff. And then rather than exploring it, they were like, oh, we have one episode left and this is a Marvel show. Let's get more people in superhero costumes and then have a fight in Cairo. That was it. Um, so, you it's know. A, it's an okay IPA. I mean, yeah. it's an okay streaming service. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's an, it, it's a fine show. Yeah. It, it beats watching a wall, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's not bad. No. I wasn't offended. No. Y'all should just, watch Peacemaker is what I'm saying. I, I do want to watch Peacemaker. Yeah. yeah. It looks very good. It's very fun. And I appreciate, um, it, you know what it does? Th- this kind of shit does. It mm-hmm. makes me even more appreciative of like Doom Patrol. Uh, which at least was just fucking weird. Like yeah. at some point they were just like, don't care what happens. We want it to be as weird as possible. Grant, Grant Morrison's true innovation is when he doesn't have an idea. Right. Just make it weird. Just enough be to fucking be weird. <laughs> just be fucking weird. Yeah. And like, it's interesting. Uh, the, what if we had a box that was mysterious, Caleb? <laughs> right. Just yeah. one. Um, yeah. so anyways, uh, it's fine. Uh, 
I was watching Hawkeye. And I mean, that's the pr- that's the problem with Abrams stuff. Yeah. He, he does the mystery box thing, but like Grant Morrison's a legitimate weirdo. So when he wants to make something weird for weirdness to sake, at least it's fucking weird. J.J. Mm. Abrams is the most normal man <laughs> ever to be alive, except for his affinity for lens flare. Right. And everyone else, it, like he is paced as a human being. So it's like, what if there was a door, but you didn't know what was behind it? And just like, yeah. Most doors, man. Right. Yeah. But don't like, open it. The or o- do. The overwhelming majority of doors, I don't know what is behind. Right. <laughs> it, uh, I was watching it. The, I was watching Hawkeye, which I was late to the party on, and Moon Knight at the same time. Mm-hmm. And while I was watching them, I was thinking, you know, Hawkeye's fine. It's serviceable. I know yeah. what I'm getting here. But Moon Knight is at least interesting, and they're doing something different. Yeah. And by the time they'd, re- they'd both resolved, I was like, honestly, I think I might have enjoyed Hawkeye a little bit more. At least it never made any promise of being anything more than Jeremy yeah. Renner running around New York fighting people. Like, yeah. that was it. Yeah. Good. Good for you. It was a buddy cop movie with arrows. Yeah. Yeah. Moon Knight <laughs> yeah. ended up being disappointing in its resolve. Mm-hmm. And so, Didn't anyways. expectations. No, not at all. Yeah. Expectations they set. I want to be clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, we got one segment left. We're going to get one more B-roll. We'll be right back. Producer Ross, what are you drinking? That tiny, tiny microbrewery, you might say, Goose Island. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, has an IPA called Neon Bear Hug, and it has a neon bear with sunglasses on. Yep. It is a 7% Can IPA. confirm. America's yeah. first goose-owned brewery. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but not the last. Mm-hmm. I have sunglasses. God in. willing. Prescription sunglasses in that I need to go pick up. Thanks for saying that out loud, Producer Ross. Okay. My first pair of prescription sunglasses oh, ever. Oh, nice. That'd nice. be 36. Are they, they're not the ones that like go from light to dark? No, not transitions. I'm not that old yet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what if you got the really big ones? You just put, put them over? Over Yeah. Glasses. I thought about it because it's yeah. a lot cheaper. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Uh, I actually like this. I think this is one of my, like an IPA that I actually like. Uh, I'm going to give this a four. Great. Uh, Love it is, that. It is pretty juicy. It is... There's the, there's the, there's hoppiness there. There's some yeah. bitterness there, but yeah. it's not overwhelming. Great. Um, I mean, seven percent. That's that's nice. That, and that's beer. Yeah. So like, it's an IPA. I could I can drink more than one of. Remember I, when Goose Island was a not owned by uh, and B was cool because it was uh, like Boulevard wheat, but more craft. Yeah, because uh, that three one two wheat was like if you could find it, like you'd really leveled up your wheat beer game. Mm-hmm. And and then they released an IPA, and at the time I drank IPAs, and I was like, "This is living like Goose Island beer." Come to find out, uh, it was never never the, all that. The craft renaissance really is like the craft renaissance because the depth of your knowledge and the speed at which it increases really is just like year one. Yeah. Did you know there was a color called blue? Right. Like <laughs> yeah. year four, Sistine yeah. Chapel. Right. Like yeah. like it's very much yes that level of descent. Yeah. Somebody commented to me the other day, Newcastle is the best worst beer you've ever had. And I was like, what do you mean? They were like, the first time you have a Newcastle, when you're exploring new beer, you think it's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> then you have any other new beer, and Newcastle is awful. I, I mean, like, Damn. that's so true. Like, for me, that was Sequench. Like, yes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. There was Sequench in this house a lot yeah. for a while. Yeah. I love Sequench. Right. Now, I don't know if I could have one. Right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I I'll, don't worry. I got you covered. Right. They'll <laughs> fuck up a Sequench. I mean, I, if I, if given a free Sequench, I would drink it. What was What's the other uh, not Sequench? quench there was another like lime salty goza maybe that you had in this house for a while that you were big into uh the margarita one uh oh from fucking cigar city yeah that one was good that margarita goza slaps though like still yeah Um, that that was another one i i liked yeah um 
Uh, yeah, but those are the only two off the top of my head. Stone? Didn't Stone have a... Didn't, wasn't there a Stone beer you kept in your fridge for a you while? You drank a lot of Stone IPA. I did drink a no, lot of Stone. No, that was you. I never liked Stone. drank the shit out I of hate their IPA. I do too. Arrogant Bastard is yeah, like... Yeah. I guess it's a pale. That was my, that was my uh, introduction to Stone. I was like, nope. Yeah. No, yeah. when you when you were in Kansas City, there was a period which I only know you through Facebook. Yes. And pretty much every picture had a Stone in it. Somewhere. I was yeah. into it. Yeah. <laughs> but again, Stone felt like the evolution past Goose Island, which felt like the evolution past Boulevard. Um, and, and, and to be fair to, uh, to be fair, uh, to my taste at the time, at that point, there were probably like, I think there were less than a thousand craft breweries in the country. No, it, yeah. it was, it was yeah. an exponential accelerator. Yeah. Craft beer did what Ray Kurzweil imagines yeah. the singularity. Totally. Doing. Like you, you went up in sophistication. So he very, was right. Just very fast. for the wrong thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, he, he was right up to a point in which case we're here now yeah. and it peaks. Yeah. Yeah. Just like technology. there's actually nothing on the other end. Yeah. 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 Um, and I, I mean, I think at one point Jeff Shrug told me he opened mother when he opened mothers, there were like 580 craft breweries in the country. And, and now there's like that many in Springfield. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Like I think like over 5,000 registered. Yeah. They're coming breweries. in and making this a craft brewery to like in the next week. Like, <laughs> yes. I don't have a choice. Hammers yeah. in the next episode. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You know, what it would be interesting. Like, I actually bet that your kitchen has run more craft brewer, craft beer through it than most craft breweries. That That's are, actually that 100% true. Yeah, yeah. Post a thousand. Yeah. Post a thousand. That's exactly right. Uh, we do have a drunk enough topic, and it's not us just like reflecting on the craft beer renaissance, um, which is weren't, is not interesting. I understand. Um, so uh, I don't know how this conversation started, but about two weeks ago, I was uh, talking with my uh, team at Mostly Serious. Uh, about when I was 14 years old, I decided one day that I wasn't going to drink any more dark soda. Like at first it was like, I'm not going to drink Coke or Pepsi. I didn't okay. drink Dr. Pepper. So uh-huh. it wasn't a thing. And we had a whiteboard in the kitchen. Like we put up a whiteboard to track how many days I went without drinking dark soda. And then after like about a month, like 30 ish days, I was like, I don't think I'm going to drink any more soda. Like, you know, kind of like bouncing my shoulders uh-huh. up and down. And that that was it. That was the last time I drank soda. Like mm-hmm. I just, I built a rule for myself. I don't know why of all the rules I've tried to build for myself, that one stuck, mm-hmm. but that was 20, almost 22 years ago. And I just don't drink soda. Like at some point it wasn't even a question. It wasn't like someone would go, do you want a soda or not? And I'd be like, uh, it was just like, no, I don't drink soda. And someone's like, why did you do that? And I was like, I don't know. I mean, like I didn't, I, I kind of thought at the time that like maybe Coke and I were not having like a great, like allergic relationship. I couldn't really tell. But one day I just said I wasn't going to do anymore. And then it got me thinking, what other um, rules have I made for myself randomly that now like dictate a lot of my behavior really subtly? And do I wish I wouldn't have made some of them? Hmm. So I got to thinking, are there rules, rational or otherwise, that you've set for yourself at some point? And now for reasons or maybe not for reasons you just do or don't do certain things because at some point you set a rule for yourself and now you don't do that. Or now you do that. Okay. Uh, I have the same thing about soda. Really? It actually was very similar in terms of like, I didn't like, uh, I didn't publicly do it, but I just said, I'm just going to stop drinking this. Right. And, uh, maybe I have a soda like six times a year. Yeah. Like, uh, like if I'm, I mean, this seems perfectly rational. You shouldn't drink. So I know I shouldn't drink soda. Like I'm aware of that. Yeah. 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 And like in, in terms of even coffee, like I stopped putting milk in it. I stopped putting sugar in it. And right. I just drink like one or two black coffees at most of the day. Yeah. That's yeah. But, but to be clear, the rule isn't I don't not drink things that are bad for me. Obviously, it's one day I decided I wasn't going to drink soda anymore. And then 22 years later, I still don't drink soda. Well, I think that's the only way people do things. Like I, I think the I think the semantic category of something you can forbid to yourself and stick to 
is always smaller yeah. than the semantic category in which you said, I need to do less of this thing. Or is the opposite also true? Like, like I need to like, do more I need of this? E- I need to eat healthier right. failure. Right. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not going to eat this anymore. No more Oreos. Small yeah. chance of success. There's some Oreos right there. On the like, yeah, because you've you've narrowed it down from the motivation. <laughs> yeah, which the specificity. Is al- which is always too large for right. a human being. Yeah to a specific thing. I don't think it's arbitrary. Like it's better for your health, but like it is, it is not ideologically consistent, but like ideology is not something that your brain can handle. And especially in regards to habits and stimulus and things like that, it is something that you have to make. I guess that might be where when you said irrational, I'm like, you know, like, are you trying to tell me I shouldn't drink soda? Cause I know. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) Like it was, it was that, um, there, there. This was not my parents saying like you can't drink soda. Mm. You know, this this was you, not. You were a grown ass adult. I was. I was you fourteen. Just, yeah. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was fourteen, okay. and I just decided like I'm not going to drink soda anymore, and and that then I got to think about all the other like little um, rules that I build for myself, and frankly, I think most of them just create stress. Like a couple, like maybe two or three years now, ago. Now you, you've got a few that are not. As healthy as don't drink soda that uh, I have most, seen in most action. Of them. Yeah. Yeah. Most of them are not um, as healthy as don't drink soda. Yeah. I, I, th- I think. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Kind of related. Uh, for me, it's like decluttering, like deciding uh, like yeah. something I've had in my house for years, maybe decades. Right. And then I get, well, that needs to go now. Yeah. And there's no, it's entirely, I think part of it is just like, oh, I randomly noticed that thing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like one thing I'm doing right and now. now it has to go. Like I have these wallets of these burned CDs and DVDs I use. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, I should go through all these and see if I actually need them. And yeah. I've just thrown out hundreds at this point. I yeah. still have a few hundred to go. And yeah. Like uh, I didn't, there was just like, oh yeah. That's a thing that exists. I should get rid of it. I right. don't need that anymore. That's just dead weight. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair, right? Yeah. Like at some point you just make a decision and then now that that's what you're doing. Yeah, there's, there's no, no there's, more question. There's no, there was nothing to prompt it. It was entirely, I just noticed it randomly. Like, oh yeah, that's a thing I should finally get around to right. doing. Right, well, I think you guys are also describing intrinsic motivation, yeah. which is categorically the only thing that works. Totally, yeah. totally um, more powerful. But yeah. we are also coerced so much in our lives right. for almost every behavior we perform. Yeah. It might feel a little irrational to want to do something and then do it. Right. Rather than to be forced to do something and then do it. Totally. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that might seem bizarre. In, in terms of this, this makes almost no sense to me. My entire life has been a history of rules that I made for myself as young that have been shattered by the world and destroyed. Like, right. I used to be straight edge. If Maddie gave like a long list of symbols and letters of a drug I could take right now, I'd be like, well, Sarah doesn't get home till like 30. <laughs> so yeah, I know you, I know it's never been done before, but uh, yeah, yeah. like that I mean like I, I can't I can't Wait, relate to this. Are you it's saying like that a, game you made call about the imaginary drug was aspirational, not horror? No, no. <laughs> it's it's based on my work as a dare officer, actually. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I knew uh, it. Uh, but like yeah, like this is I'm not doing great in the health and easy living factor of things. Right. Uh but like, yeah, I, I think that's where this is coming from. Like, I yeah. had an intrinsic motivation to do something, right. and it felt good. Right. I'm not used to things that I decide to do feeling good. Right. I'm used to things that people force me to do actually being good in the long run. Yeah. Maybe that's where the confusion is from. Think, like, think, oh, I, I didn't. I, yeah. Right. My my instincts did not lead me astray here. The like rarity that, of intrinsic motivation making it feel weird. Yeah. Is I like that theory. Yeah, yeah. I do too. But and it maybe it helps me rationalize the other thing I've been dealing, not struggling with, just like thinking about as it, as it dawned on me. 
because it's not even a question. Like I haven't even thought about it. Uh, a long time ago, I decided I was going to, you know, drink beer and, and bourbon and, mm-hmm. you know, and le- less a long time ago, mezcal. And at no point in my head did I go, well, if you're going to drink a bunch of that crap, you could drink soda, too. That never entered into the calculus. Oh, I mean, that's the nature of cognitive dissonance. Right. So like, it's just not on the table. The majority of cognitive dissonance is just choosing not to have it. Like, well, I'm not right. going to alter that set. Right. That set's there. Totally. It's settled. Yeah. Like, leave it alone. <laughs> you don't drink soda, man. Yeah. Um, and then it got me thinking about, so like now I have rules for myself that feel similarly, uh, entrenched mm-hmm. set, but they're more active and I run up against them more frequently. So they create stress. Like okay. I've not been stressed about not drinking soda since I was 14, but I drank like multiple Pepsis and or Cokes a day. And so there's that period of where you're like detoxing where you're yeah, actually yeah. stressed. Like, but if it's in the house, like I'll fucking drink it, uh, like put it in a needle. Um, uh, like for example, work out two times a week. Well, there are a lot of things that interrupt the ability to work out two times a week. And so yep. when I can't make good on that rule or don't make good on that rule, I should say that creates a ton of lingering guilt, shame, stress. None of that's good. I understand, but it's true. I'm just being honest. Um, I, w- I, I am curious if I were to follow on with that rule for 14 years, which is where we are on the soda thing. 22 years, which is where we are on the soda thing. Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm curious if, it would similarly become background noise and I wouldn't think about it anymore. Like it's time. Is it time or the type of rule that I I mean, probably, but I think there's stuff like this. That's a rule for you that like might be more what you're talking about. Like I've seen you leave a room while we're playing a game, go clean a different room in your house that we're not sitting in. Yeah. Very important. Very important. Yeah. No, no, it's not. Yeah. It's well, literally I mean, not. Yeah, right. We're sitting there. We're right. twiddling our thumbs. You've got the vacuum out. Yeah. Like, right. That might be. Yeah. Right. The unhealthiness you're looking for somewhere right. in there. Yeah. Like, yeah. but like, man, I just work out too much. Not really a problem, right. bro. Right. right. <laughs> I think you're two times a week. Yeah. 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 Ex- yeah. yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I mean, we all get like superstitions or taboos or just like right. odd little things. Yeah. That we do. yeah. I don't think any of your health stuff is approaching neurosis yet. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, And I, I, I have a different problem than that. Uh, and I, I recognize that fully and it might be, uh, weird to hear me say this kind of stuff, but like from the outside, I can't see that side right. of thing. Right. Yeah. Now when I've like, yeah, I've been high for 96 days straight. You got right. more right. like I, yeah, that's, that's different. Right. I recognize I'm not totally. looking at that. Recognizably. Yeah. Like I understand I'm not, I'm not being a holier than thou here, right, but right. like the yeah. whole, like I've got too many sacred right. pillars and tablets that I refuse to profane. Yeah. Like I've generally been happier every time I started to profane some tablets. Yeah. Like, I'm actively seeking more tablets to profane. To on. Yeah. Um, but but uh, th- yeah, the whole like I have a system and I stick to it. I right. think that I think that is something more people are envious of. Yeah. Than like, oh, I'm worried about the right. fact that I made myself a code made a stuck thing. to it. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah maybe. Uh, I, yeah. I like that take. I mean, that at least makes me feel a little better. Uh, for, you know, momentarily. I think it's just weird to want to do something and then be able to do it. Yeah. I, th- yeah. I think that is one of sure. the rarest right. experiences in modern society. Yeah. I think it feels like legitimately off-putting yeah. when that just happens. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, uh, at one point my garage was so cluttered I couldn't get a car in it. Right. I spent months cleaning it up. Just yeah. no one told me to do it. I just did it. Right. And then like at the end I was like, oh, I could fit a car here. Yeah. Great. And now you have a car. And now I have a car. Yeah. Uh, but even then, like. Uh, I like, I think a lot of this is pandemic yeah. too. I think yeah. a lot of people mm. in the pandemic were like, I got time. What do I do with time? Right. And then yeah. there was like a moment of terror 
Like, what do I do they're with like, time? Holy shit, what right. do I do with time? And then they do something, and they're just like, well, I went insane. Right. I went insane and painted pictures all during the pandemic. Right. Like some freak, right. like a weird some feral animal painting that, watercolors. That, that, that's interesting. And I'm just like, what? Um, what? The you kind did of, a thing you wanted to do? Like That dovetailed into a conversation I had with Burke on, on Night Clark Radio, plug for that, uh, but where we talked about how uh, there's this urge in in culture that if you aren't like anything you do that isn't monetizable in right. some way right, right, right. feels wrong yeah like you are a fool for wanting to make music if you're not going to be a professional musician yeah uh you're a fool for being getting into athletics if you're not going to be a professional athlete yeah. you know like yeah uh the idea of painting a picture surely for the pleasure of the act of it not even what you create at the end right uh feels antithetical to your life like yeah. what are you doing and creates this sort of existential crisis yeah totally. and uh yeah it's like maybe there's some sort of structural problem with society uh, that is causing us to feel these weird feelings. Couldn't possibly when, be a name for that. Yeah, yeah. Right. We, but yeah. like the idea of like painting for the aesthetic pleasure of painting, right? Uh, is fine. Yeah, like and good. I, I guess like I, I don't know. You use a gun in Destiny just because you like it. But yeah, it's suboptimal for PvP. Right. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't. Yeah. I feel like that's a dumb comparison, but right. I feel like that's the comparison most right. people make. Because if I'm going to do this, I want to do it the way you I know, enjoy I'm it. doing this. I recognize the ways in which it is suboptimal. Yeah. I also don't care because I want to do it anyway. Uh, right. And that always feels weird, even when like it's suboptimal because it's better for my health. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because my health is not the top, number one priority in any of these in systems game, right. in which I exist. Totally. Like, yeah. Like, I think that's just uh, where a lot of people are at. on Yeah. This. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Russ, I think your point is, is so um, something a couple days ago, I sat down and I was like, I want to write. I've talked often about my desire to yeah, be yeah. a writer on the show. Um, and then I immediately started thinking about, well, if I write this, like, what do I do with it? You know? Exactly. And then it struck me like, uh, quit putting pressure on yourself to be a writer and just enjoy writing. Those are different yes. things. And I had the time of my life for an hour. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, not even sure what I wrote, to yeah. be totally honest. Just sit yeah. down and start typing. And uh, and I do think there is something to maybe, yeah, maybe you're right, Club. Like maybe why it stands out to me now that I had to, that I thought about it and talked about it for the first time in 22 years is it's so antithetical to the way almost everything else goes. Yeah, thought to action is right. the the rarest line of like cause and effect yeah. in the world. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Unless you're like a billionaire yeah. and then it's like thought action terrible unintended consequence. Like or but, intended. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Even like for me like decluttering is a stressful activity. Like I'm getting rid of, and there's always that like uh what if I need this? Right, 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 yeah. But I still do it and I feel great at the end. Yeah. Like I finally gotten rid of this shit in like shit, yeah. Uh and I think of all this yeah, the space I'm creating and but like I still do it cuz I actually want to do it. Right. And so it's kind of reinforcing in that in that sense yeah. like um, so yeah. Hey, if you've got, uh, uh, rules, conventions, whatever, uh, that, uh, you haven't thought about for a while, but now they have some odd push and pull on your life. Happy to hear about them in the discord. If you're not yet a backer of the mix six podcast, don't forget you can go to patreon.com. Look for the mix six podcast. There's a lot of opportunity for like literally double the amount of content. So if you like this episode and the other 90 before Actually, it, isn't a triple cause we get like, Oh yeah, pretty much. Like yeah. what if there were another like 150 of these behind uh, a, a totally reasonably priced paywall well you can find all that on patreon.com just look for the mix six podcast you can shop find us on all your social media channels um tell your friends and family about us we hope you're doing well i am spencer if you have any experimental drugs you want me to try right right we have a uh, we have a p.o box yeah and it's legal to send drugs not alcohol but you can send drugs through the mail. olive oil yeah that's right mm-hmm. yeah amazon mm-hmm. certainly you could send as many drugs as you wanted mm-hmm. via amazon this podcast is not legal advice we are not <laughs> lawyers
No, yeah, well, I don't know. Uh, no, you're not a lawyer, Spencer. Oh, well, yeah. No, I'm not, not your lawyers. This is not legal advice. Right, 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 right. This right. is. It would be wrong for me to say I'll be whatever you want me to be, baby. Right. Now, <laughs> right. right. Yes, yeah. it would be. That's what you don't want me to. Okay. Please do not say that. Hmm. So not lawyers. So I won't say that. Not don't. that. Okay. What? Yeah. What can we say? Anything but that stuff. I'm Caleb. Uh, there we go. Okay. Well, we'll that's good. We'll talk to you next time. I guess. I don't know. <laughs>